This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, <clears throat> and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, uh, the podcast about people, politics, and professions. It is 2 p.m. Uh, Saturday, May the, May the 14th, and I hope that everything is going well with you. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Uh, today's topic is going to be about intent, but I did want to, to um, talk about a, a, an article that I just I ran across today. It uh, is on the Hill. Uh, and if you can see the scroller, uh, it's in there. But it's about long COVID. And I remember earlier in the pandemic that they were talking about the possibility of it, uh, you know, the long lasting effects, and we weren't sure of that. Um, and there's some evidence that um, more people are experiencing long COVID Um Okay, Tara, I will, I will uh, get at you. Um, so uh, um, what I was saying is uh, there's some uh, debate in the uh, medical community what is long-term COVID, uh, and the original definition was that the people were having, um, having um, symptoms four to six weeks after an infection. And some people in the community think, seem to think that uh, that needs to be expanded and that the you know long-term should be more than six weeks, uh, more six months or whatever. Um, but the article does talk about uh, the number of long COVID cases has been somewhere between uh, 10% and over 50%. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, so the article, I'll give you a little bit of information. I, I hope you have a chance to check it out. But I, I do want people to be understand that there, there are a lot of things that we don't understand about COVID and that we don't know and that, that there may be long-term and lasting um, impact uh, other than it just being the flu because it does – impact the nervous central nervous system and other parts of the body, unlike the flu. So, so there may be other issues that are health related that aren't just, you know, do you survive COVID? So anyway, today's topic is uh, about uh, intent. Uh, Leonard is still recovering and Warren had a previous issue. So I had to, I have the opportunity, the pleasure to be with you this afternoon um, so I'll be, be, be with you, uh, alone and thank you very much for joining me. I was reading this comment. So, uh, the, the question is, uh, she says that that people were getting the injection or getting COVID after the injection. Um, so I don't know about that. Uh, well, are oh, you talking about um, breakthrough cases? 
I get it. Yes. People were getting the, the, uh, uh, getting COVID after they were getting the injection. And the idea wasn't that, uh, the injection was going to eliminate you getting COVID. It was to, uh, keep you from experiencing the most severe symptoms if you did get it. And so that was what the, that was my understanding of what the, uh, um, inoculation shots were, were about. Um, and so there are people who, uh, who have gotten COVID and, and some of them have, uh, you know, and again, from the article, some of them have been people that, had severe cases that were hospitalized. And then a lot of them were people that got COVID and they weren't hospitalized. And, and they still have a COVID symptoms long afterwards. And of course, when they talk about the symptoms, um, the symptoms, or I'm sorry, the, the after effects can be uh, much more horrifying than the, um, you know, the, the flu-like symptoms and the difficulty breathing. There may be again, long-term effects. And so we're still learning about that and how those things come about. So I, I encourage you to, you know, make sure you do that research. If you are a person who has decided that, um, that you're ready to go back into a public, uh, very good Tara. And I, that you're a person that's, that's, you know, going to go maskless and that those kinds of things, just be aware that that there are other issues that maybe need to be addressed, you know, in the process of doing all of that. So um, one of the things that for me has always been um, a, an enjoyable thing, or one of my challenges, is that communication is hard. Communication in the best of situations is very difficult. No matter what you try to do, you, and a lot of people think it, you know, it's simple. I say what. It's on my mind. You hear it. You understand. And you say what's on your mind. I hear you and understand. And it's really not that simple. And, and one of the examples I use um, is, you, you know, someone comes into your home. You say, go into my cupboard and grab a blue cup. So they go into the cupboard and there is cups on the blue spectrum. In your mind, when you said go get the blue cup, you're probably thinking of a particular blue cup. You're thinking of a specific blue cup. When they go, they now have to try to um, find a way to understand what you meant by blue cup, which blue cup. And in a lot of cases, they're, they're probably going to come back with a different cup because their concept of blue is going to be a little different than your concept of blue. And so, you know, the, the next logical thing is that you're going to give more information. So you say the blue cup that's in this position on this shelf, et cetera. And that narrows it down. But then, as I said, communication becomes an iterative process. That means, you know, you make a statement you see how the other person has received what you're saying. And then you uh, try to clear up or, or specifically outline better what you were trying to achieve. Uh, another thing that I, I like to talk about is like, I'll say dragon. I'm saying dragon. 
And so I want you to imagine a dragon. So in my mind, I'm imagining a dragon that's about two inches tall. Uh, it's on a piece of paper, and it's pink. Now, if you imagine something different, that shows, you know, that 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 your communication. My, I wasn't. While in my mind I saw what I what I meant, I didn't use enough information to clarify to make sure that you understood exactly what I meant. If I would have added all of that, imagine a dragon on a piece of paper that's two inches tall and pink, it starts to drag out, it starts to elongate the communication process. And if I'm in a hurry or something like that, then it becomes a challenge to try to get your message across, to try to get your, the idea that you have in your mind to the other person in as clear and concise a way as possible with as few words as possible to, to mitigate time and things like that. And so that to me shows how difficult communication is and can be. Now, with that being the case, um, what about um, intent? Intent is another attribute of communication that is necessary to help understand what somebody is trying to communicate to you. So if someone is saying something to you and you believe that they're trying to, um, they're trying to deceive you, if you believe their intent is to deceive you, it is going to impact the way you process what they say. That adds an additional filter that makes communicating with one another interesting and, and difficult. And so um, what we have at this particular time in our society is we, we're, we're having um, a unique challenge of communicating with one another to get ideas um, across to one another Uh, right, Tara. So getting ideas across to each other is a challenge. And at, at this point, um, a lot of emotion is involved in the communication process. And uh, intent becomes uh, an additional barrier to understanding one another. So what is the intent? And what we we don't have a tendency to do is try to build better communication pathways. So like you don't get in, in school, if you don't uh, do additional education, you know, I don't, I don't remember being told, uh, you know, about the process of communication and how it works and what are the challenges. And there are things that we've learned along the way that need to be updated and, and we need to be, so I, I tend to see that a lot, that people have a tendency to be short, uh, patienced with communication. They usually want to just say what they want to say and be understood. And, uh, and I recognize that the difficulty becomes if you don't put forth a significant amount of effort 
to be understood properly, then the chance of your communications being um, misunderstood grows exponentially. And so in, how do you determine intent? Uh, we're just going to take one as I'm just going to take one aspect of uh, the communication challenge uh, and try to, you know, just explore that in a way in uh, a little bit. Intent. Usually I try to recognize intent based on a person's words and actions. And I can't think of another way um, to determine intent. Um, you don't know if a, unless a person tells you specifically what their intent is. You're left to decipher what their intent is when they say things to you or when they share information with you. You know, someone can share a graphic with you that shows something and you get a different idea than the person who sent it to you. So there's there's the, some additional um, definitions or explanations or information that needs to provide it so that you wind up on the same wavelength as far as uh, the sending and the receiving of the information. Again, intent becomes difficult. Dif intent becomes uh, hard to define unless you know the person well. And even if you know the person well, sometimes intent becomes um, a difficult thing to do because you know people wake up and they're in a different frame of mind one day than they are with another day. And if, if you know the person to be um, very thoughtful on a regular basis, and then one day they're not thoughtful, and, you know, how do you measure the intent? How do you understand what their intent was? Why is that, that day different? Why is that, that level of communication different? And, and one of the, the key or reasons that I was talking about intent, um, so I know people that don't trust news sources. They don't trust news sources. And so, or, you know, they're, we have that uh, 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 going on a lot in our society right now that, you know, the, the whole idea of the mainstream media, et cetera, et cetera, is that, you know, what is the intent? Um, we know that, you know, agencies or news agencies have a, a desire to make money. So, so when they present an article, are they intending to, coerce you into believing a, an ideology or are they um, intending to inform you, but they are, you know, having to do that in a way that sh sh makes it look like that they're trying to um, make you believe some, that they're trying to deceive you. And that is, I think, an, a particular significant issue, you know, are they deceptive in their presentation of the news? Is it about making you believe a certain ideology or something like that? And, and the, the thing is, is that an ideology is a part of 
you as the individual. So you filter things through the lens of who you are and what you think is a good thing. And I'll give an example. So if you are a person and you have a tendency to be pessimistic, when you pre present information, it is probably going to have a pessimistic, pessimistic lean to it. Is your intent to be pessimistic? Your intent may not necessarily to be in pessimistic, but because someone believes that you're a pessimistic individual and because they see the things that you're saying as pessimistic, they're going to assign some intent, intent based on that. And it may not be true. And that's the difficulty of it. That's the difficulty of communication. And um, one of the one of the, the other examples that I or one of the things that has me perplexed. So so I have mentioned on a, several occasions that um, I'm not a fan of Tucker Carlson, and I think that he is. He is dishonest in his ways of presenting things. He was represented in court and they said, you know, and his representation says, you can't believe literally the things that he says because he doesn't mean them literally. And so the, so I have to decipher from that his intent is his intent to be deceptive. Now, what tools do I have or what tools do we have as individuals to de uh, decipher if he's if what his intent is now? To um, also in that that discussion about intent. So I've watched um, Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow was represented in court using the exact same um, defense that Tucker Carlson used. So, um, so, so if that's the case and they, they, they both use the same thing and I've called Tucker Carlson a liar, I have to call um, Rachel Maddow a liar because of defining that behavior as deceptive. But if we look a little further, and we're talking about communication, we look a little further, we look at the behavior and other things around that uh, these those individuals to try to discern if their intent is to be deceptive, to be a liar. So Let's take um, Rachel Maddow first. So I watch Rachel Maddow, and she, when she has guests on, she has a tendency to ask questions. She uh, she states exactly what she thinks is the right thing, and then asks the guests to affirm or change or modify what is right. So that shows an intent 
to try to find the truth. I chose an intent to try to find the truth. If her intent is usually to find the truth and she makes a statement that becomes untrue or that is shown to be untrue, is her intent to be deceptive? We've, we've already, I've already established that um, her, she shows an intent to not be deceptive. She shows an intent to ask questions, to learn, and to adapt with the information that she receives. On the other hand, in a Tucker Carlson situation, Tucker Carlson tends to um, ride roughshod over people that disagree with him. So if he asks a question, it usually doesn't appear that he's asking a question to learn, to be challenged on his ideas, but to support his ideas. And with, with intent like that, it shows that when he makes a statement that um, seems to be incorrect, okay, he intended that in, in, to be incorrect. He intended for it to be the way he presented it. But the difficulty then becomes, you know, how do you um, understand intent? I, I could be wrong in both cases, um, but they but they are two different people that have that address the issue issues that they. Uh, Put forth differently, and so understanding intent has to be. In, there are a lot of other things that are included in understanding and recognizing a person's intent. Also, a part of intent is results. So, if somebody does something, or you know, says something, and the result is negative, but they say, "Well, my intent was not." for it to, to go badly, you know, how do you parse that in? Because that is a, also a part of the conversation. It, it, part, it has to be, you, again, conversation or uh, communication is extremely difficult. So how do you know when the, a negative result of someone's actions was an intentional result that they wanted to happen or just um, a result that happens because, um, not because of their particular actions, but because, you know, life is what it is. Um, I could give a, a couple of examples, but the idea is not to impose an ideology it is to 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 get people to ask questions to to some of the difficulty in understand in, in understanding and holding people accountable for the things that they do is that it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of time and in a world that's fast moving and you have so many things to do we can eventually take corners on things like um, following up on people's 
rhetoric and following up on people's information so that we are um, holding them to account for the things that they say, you know, with a microphone or whatever. Um, in our everyday lives, we have to somehow, um, you know, we, we go to a grocery store and we ask a person to, um, you know, f help us find something. And they, you know, are short with us. You know, was their intent, you know, do we have to discern their intent? Yeah, we could get angry at the, them being short, you know, but is there something behind that that makes um, their being short with us, you know, shine in a different light? Intent, you know, if, 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 if someone says something to you, um, so, so we don't know if that person meant to come across short with us, but we have assumptions. We, ha we make assumptions about their behavior, their posture, um, the way that they used words. Um, sometimes it is on us to try to recognize the intent of the individual. And, and unless we have a lot of tools to work with, the fewer tools that we have, the more likely we are to misunderstand. And so the, the, the idea here is, is why is it important that we understand people? Well, that's how we get things done. Um, that's how we achieve things. We're able to, to build because we can work together. And the way we can work together, the reason we can work together is because we have communication. We have a way of communicating with one another to, to, to say, this is what I need done, or this is how I, I want to, to accomplish this. And then that iterative process, okay, we, we need to put this brick here and this brick here. And, you know, doing that work together, working together is, um, uh, is how we get things done and understanding the intent of the person that we're communicating with is also a part of that communication process. Now there's a ton of a lot of things that go into, you know, a communication, uh, how a person's feeling that day, um, you know, uh, mental acuity. Uh, there are just so many things that go into communication that um, it is important we understand that. Now, I know you, you've lived for, you know, so many years and, you know, those things didn't seem to be that important then. Why are they important now? Um, they've always, I think, always have been important. It's just that uh, as, we, as we learn more, as we, as as more people become, uh, we, we can compact more people in a smaller space. So there's, I think, eight and a half billion people on the planet. So as we have more people, um, communication becomes more important. 
as we're pushed further into um, working together and trying to achieve things, communication becomes more and more and more important. And, and if we don't take a specific interest in um, trying to better our communication, then, then community starts to fall away because community is built on people sharing ideas and understanding those shared ideas. When we don't um, have shared ideas, then it's kind of a free-for-all and everybody's, one person's doing something and they're not uh, in sync with another person that they have to work with. So if an, if an office is not, has a poor communication strategy, then the, the office can be uh, difficult to work in. It, is, it becomes a difficult environment because the communication between employees and the communication, communication between management and the workers becomes strained and distrust starts to become the norm because there is no communication, there's no um, strong communications between the parties. So when you don't understand something or when you don't understand someone, then trust is one of the first things to be sacrificed because if you, if I can, can't say something to you that you understand, then you don't know what I'm trying to achieve. So, you know, if I say, you know, I use a word that you don't understand and you point to something and I shake my head, no. And I, you point to something else and I shake my head, no, at some point, Frustration starts to set in. So the communication becomes a key to um, a better communication environment, so a better environment that's more conducive for everybody to be a part of. And right now, there's a belief that um, that people, that there's a, a, a lack of understanding of intent. And uh, there's a tendency, and we, we all do that. If we don't understand or if we don't know what a person's intent is, we assign an intent, intent based on what we think is right. And many times we don't go back and ask that person, you know, is this your intent? What, are you, what exactly are you trying to accomplish? We assume. And, and, Sometimes assumptions are going to work well and sometimes assumptions are not. The idea is that we should all strive for a better communication, um, better ability to communicate with one another, even if we disagree with one another. Yeah, disagreement is a, is a, I don't want to say a necessary part, but it is part necessary in the communication because it allows for differing ideas. If, if, if I'm in a, in a environment where nobody questions the things that I say and that I, I put forward and the ideas I put forward, then I'm always thinking that my ideas are right. Then I'm in, introduced in an environment where 
people have different backgrounds and different ideas and different concepts. And I'm wondering what's wrong with them, why they don't seem to understand me. Because the problem is usually going to be somebody else has the problem. And it's because I've never had to struggle with communication. I've never had to um, work out what someone means. I've always been able to know. And then when I am put in a situation where I don't know, then the frustration level starts. And if I don't have the skills to communicate well with the other individual, to find a, a way to build communication, then it's going to be more, much more difficult to get things done. And so for me, intent, um, like I said, there are a lot of people who uh, don't trust the news services. And there are people who uh, actively try to undermine the, the news services. Here's, and I, I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. Here's the problem with undermining news sources and undermining information sources. No person, no one person is going to know everything, is going to um, be able to see and hear everything. So the idea of community, the, the need for community becomes more important because that's how information moves. So I can only read so many news stories in a day and another person can only read so many news sources in a day. If they read a news source that's different than the news source that I read, and then they talk about it, now I have some additional information that I didn't have before. I have an opportunity to look at information that I didn't see before. Because it takes all of us working together with that, in, you know, sharing information to bring about finding the truth. If the person that I'm getting information from, I don't trust their intent for sharing that information, then I'm not able to use necessarily that information because I, they become, their intent has become suspect, and I don't trust that. Trust is, is built on understanding intent and understanding capabilities. So, you know, if, 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 I'm, if a person is good at um, describing something, then I build up a trust that when they give a description, that it's that I know what they, they're, they're describing. It's, it's fair, and, and I can connect with that better. Um, and so, and so building communications alleyways structures is a, is I think a necessary part of maintaining a community. And my concern here is now that, that communication is breaking down, that communication, that, that people's intent is not being vetted or um, at least being on display and understanding what is their intent? Why are they doing that? And, and if the intent is 
only to benefit a few people. But, you know, the need is, is that the many people need to be addressed. So, so we have to be concerned with the intent of individuals that are um, only trying to um, address a few people. It becomes a, a, a challenge to try to, as I said, communication is difficult. So, you know, how do you, how do we build a better trust when, when we accept situations where people have shown a negative, um, an intent to not be inclusive. Their, their words and their deeds do not have a, an inclusive and um, conclusive or have a building of a team to get together as the issue. And I'm, I'm trying to uh, think things through as I'm, as I'm talking uh, to make sure, and I, and I'm again, an iterative process. So, so I've, I've made my point. I'm going back to try to make sure that I have addressed things as best I can. Have I left holes in the conversation? Have I left opportunities for someone to say, um, this is what he meant? Um, because they have an intent to, um, somehow, um, keep people from accepting the things that I'm saying, because we, we see that, you know, um, new services, I think while they are trying to make money and they do sensationalize, I do think that they have a tendency to try to present facts as they see them. And if you see things differently than they do, that doesn't mean that they're trying to persuade you differently that means there's an opportunity there for you to look at what is it that I, that I think say me is you or I looking at it from my perspective. If, if I see that people have some say something different and, and I, I find that there's um, that I, I tend to distrust that one of the things that I have to ask is, is my distrust legitimate? You know, just because I feel distrust doesn't necessarily mean um, it's a legitimate distrust. It is legitimate in the sense that it's mine and I get to keep it. But the idea is, um, am I giving new information a fair opportunity? You know, and we've, we've got a situation where, you know, people are are taking us back to a time when people has taken us back in the communications arena where we don't try to work out problems that we don't try to solve problems to the ability, our best abilities, but just to um, use force to try to get our point across, to try to make things the way we want them to be without being inclusive. And when that happens, then obviously over a period of time, there's going to be an erosion 
in the communication structure. And force has been used for so long that there are some people who that's their only tool that they have to try to communicate. If they can't use force, then, you know, for them, there's no reason to communicate. Um, and so I don't want to belabor the point. You know, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm at least, uh, being open and considerate of, uh, you know, your time. And hopefully if you, if you have some information that you think might be helpful for me, for, for me to understand or for me to see, you know, um, leave it in the comments, reach out to me, my email, um, the lion's den dot STL at gmail.com, you know, send me information what I'd like to do is, you know, have conversations and try to understand people that differ from who have different ideas than I do and why those ideas are, you know, why they hang on to those ideas. I don't want to just assume what the intent is. I do want to understand what your intent is. And I have to recognize that not everyone wants to share their intent because if they if i if you have a person's intent then you can then you you can frame their wording when you can frame someone's wording then it becomes unnecessary to hear what they have to say you know what they're trying to do um that is good for some people and for people that want to do things in a way that um, I don't want to call them um, negative. I just, they, they, they want to accomplish things the way they want to accomplish things. And they don't want to have to get buy off or get an okay from you for that to happen. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, oh, I said Warren had a, um, I'm going to let the, the, the intent idea rest for a little bit. Uh, I'm getting, uh, this is the first time I've done a show, you know, by myself in a long time, over a year or two, I guess. And, uh, and, and this, this is interesting. So, um, it the weather has, uh, gotten pretty warm here in St. Louis. I don't, so, and uh, hopefully where you're at, it's nice weather. Um, I will be back next Saturday. I want to thank you very much for joining me. And I do look forward to having you uh, back with me. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website the lion's den stl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, Look out for the other guy, 
because they may not be looking out for you.